the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence, will shake the earth and every heart will know. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel, Defender of Shalom. I love this time of year and how we focus so strongly on the Lord. It's been an amazing time. Before we talk about uh, finishing Sukkot and then look and summarizing these holy days from a spiritual point of view, let's pray. Avinu Malkenu, our Father and our King, we love you. We praise you. We worship you and honor you. Lord, show us how to be thankful in everything we do to you. Show us how to rejoice in you at all times. Show us how to love you with all our heart, soul, and mind. Father, we pray in the name of Yeshua that this would be an exciting time, that we would feel God's revival spirit in our heart and that we would be walking with him strongly. So we thank you, Lord. We praise you for who you are and look forward to what you're going to do. We pray all of this in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Well, once again, I'd like to invite you to our services Friday night and Saturdays and Tuesday evening for prayer. We do have all of these on Facebook Live. Uh, You can check our website uh, for times uh, and locations. We love to have you as part of our family, even if it's a remote family. Amen. (laughs) You know, today is a special service. Yeah, we don't normally have services on Sunday, but today, October 8th, At 4 p.m., we will celebrate Simchat Torah, which means the joy of the Lord. And even though today's the ninth day, we will celebrate the eighth day service as well. We'll be outside at the pergola in North Straub Park in uh, St. Pete. That's 350 Bayshore Drive Northeast. It's near the Vinoy Hotel. Come with the family. Bring your Jewish friends, those especially who don't know the Lord, and let's have a great time. It's from four to six, so it's only a couple hours, and I believe the weather's going to be magnificent, and the view is magnificent, and the worship is going to be great, and the word is going to be great, so come and join us. And uh, we're going to be also sharing our faith. We have an uh, evangelism team 
which is going to be going around to people who are not with us and talking about the Lord. I mean, there are a lot of things going on. Join us today at 4. Come a little early. Feel free. It's going to be a beautiful day. I pray that if this radio program ministers to you, that you will consider a monthly pledge or a one-time gift. You can call Karen at 813-831-5673. I appreciate your prayerful and financial involvement. So again, call our office, 813-831-5673. This is also a great time for our rabbis and and people from our congregation to come visit your church and speak on how these appointed times are important for Christians. And you can email me. We can set it up that way, rabbi at heartofmessiah.org, or call Karen. That always works. Actually, Jennifer's in the office too, 813-831-5673. You can check our website, Shoresh, S-H-O-R-E-S-H, David.org. So last week we talked about the festival of Sukkot, which we found in Leviticus 23, 33-44. We build a temporary dwelling, a booth or a sukkah, and remember how the Israelites had to depend on God during their time in the desert, and how we, even today, need to depend on God. Uh, at all times, right? At all times, we will praise him. Amen. One tradition is the waving of the lulav branches. The lulav is a palm branch along with a myrtle and a willow, and they're all combined into one. And also, there's an etrog, which is a fruit, a citron, and they're wrapped together in order to be handheld for waving in every direction, symbolizing the harvest, and God's omnipresence over the entire world. This tradition comes from Leviticus uh, 23, beginning in verse 40. On the first day, you're to take choice fruits of trees, branches of palm trees, boughs of leafy trees, and willows of the brook, and rejoice before, before Adonai your God for seven days. You are to celebrate it as a festival for Adonai for seven days in the year. It's a statue forever throughout your generation. You're to celebrate it in the seventh month. So we see here uh, some of the tenets of Sukkot. You know, from the Talmud, which is the rabbi's teaching, it's not scripture, but it's always interesting to look at what they're saying. And there's a teaching that each of the parts of the lulav represents a different kind of person. The etrog, a fruit that looks like a lemon, tastes sweet, has a delightful aroma, represents a person with knowledge of the Torah and good deeds. The lulav, which comes from the date palm, has a fruit that tastes sweet but has no fragrance. So some people have knowledge but no good deeds. The myrtle is just the opposite, having a nice fragrance, yet no taste, which represents good deeds without true knowledge. The willow, since it possesses neither taste nor smell, represents the person who lacks both knowledge and deeds. 
though this doesn't seem to real have a real purpose in the explanation for us, perhaps this can serve as a reminder that faith without works is dead. Amen? James 2.17, right? Okay. So as God falls, God's fall appointed times are over this, this past week. What else can we learn from these holy days? Well, summarizing these days and looking at them prophetically, remember Rosh Hashanah, the shofar blast, the Lord uh, one day will return to wake up his people from spiritual slumber. We could use that right now, couldn't we? And then Yom Kippur, Jews and the world's, the people of the world's, they have their final moment in time to accept Yeshua as their final atonement for their sins. And then Sukkot, where God gathers up his people to tabernacle with him forever. So all these fall appointed times are amazing, but I've got to tell you that uh, when you put them all together and you look at them, what I would say to you is that they give you a pattern for our daily walk with the Lord. You say, how so? And you might have heard me teach this before. I call this the 10 R's because all of these start with the letter R. And I believe that this is is really exciting when you think about it. So we start with Rosh Hashanah, right? And first off, we reflect as we get quiet before the Lord. If God's going to wake us up, the first thing he's going to do is get us to think about ourselves in an introspective type of way. And so we look at Psalm 4, verse 5. It says, tremble, but do not sin. Search your heart while on your bed and be silent and don't fall asleep. Okay, the last part wasn't in Scripture. But the other part is that while you're on your bed, search your heart and be silent. Okay, God wants to talk to us. Psalm 19, verse 13 and 15, With my lips I rehearse all the rulings of your mouth. I will meditate on your precepts and regard your ways. God is wanting us to really get a sense of ourselves and then how it relates to his word. And in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty eight, an important passage as we often use it before the Lord's Supper, but a man must examine himself and then let him eat of the bread and drink from the cup. So we are to reflect. So that's number one. Okay? And by the way, if you would, rather than writing all of this down, if you would like this part of the teaching, I'll be happy to email it to you. Just ask for the 10 R's, okay? And we'll, we'll email this out to you so you don't have to take notes. But if you'd like to, that's fine too. So number two is that we need to recognize our sins. So it's one thing to reflect, another thing to recognize our sins. And that really is what Rosh Hashanah, part of what it's all about. It requires humility 
and elimination of pride. You know, humility is a transparency that depends on God, trusts him, puts others first, and recognizes our own sin. Pride is all about ourselves. So in Proverbs 8.13, it says, To fear Adonai is to hate evil. I hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior, and a perverse mouth. So we get a sense of what God is saying here, and we add to that Proverbs 13.10, Arrogance yields nothing but strife. Wisdom belongs to those who take advice. Or Proverbs 16.18, Pride goes before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. The one I like when I start wanting to think about sins and recognizing them is Galatians 5. There's some other verses like it, but starting in verse 19, now the deeds of the flesh are clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, indecency, idolatry, witchcraft, hostility, strife, jealousy, rage, selfish ambition, dissension, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these. Well, that's a pretty good list to start with when we, when we want to start thinking of our sins, right? Number three, also connected to Rosh Hashanah and also Yom Kippur, so it kind of straddles the fence of both of these holy days, is that once we recognize our sin, number three is we repent of our sin. We turn back to God. Psalm 7.13 says, if he does not relent or repent, he will sharpen his sword. He has bent his bow and made it ready. The scripture, I believe, is, is really suggesting that if we don't have a spirit of repentance, we're going to be aggressive. We're going to be really um, ready to be aggressive against other people. Acts 2.38, Peter said to them, Repent, and let each of you be immersed in the name of the Messiah, Yeshua, for the removal of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit. Acts 3.19, Repent, therefore, and return, so your sins may be blotted out, so times of relief or refreshing might come from the presence of Adonai, and he might send Yeshua, the Messiah, appointed for you. And number, uh, the the last scripture for repenting that I'm using here today is 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So these I would attribute to Rosh Hashanah as, as I said, the last one, the repenting, is also Yom Kippur. But let's look at Yom Kippur now. So once we have repented, number four, we are redeemed, which means our sins are forgiven. They're covered, right? That's what Yom Kippur is all about. And Psalm 103.10, starting at verse 10, He has not treated us according to our sins, 
or repaid us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his mercy for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. That's encouraging, isn't it? All right. Romans 5.8, but God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, God died for us. And Luke 1.68, which says, Blessed be Adonai, God of Israel, for he has looked after his people and brought them redemption. So number four, and the first one of Yom Kippur, is that we are redeemed. Number five, well, as soon as we are redeemed, we are reconciled. We're reconciled with God and with man. First, uh, Second Corinthians five eighteen to twenty one. All that whole area is is about reconciliation. I love those verses. It says, "Now all these things are from God, who reconciled us to Himself through Messiah and gave us the ministry of reconciliation." That is. In Messiah, God was reconciling the world to himself and counting their trespass, and and not counting, excuse me, not counting their trespasses against them. And he has entrusted the message of reconciliation to us. We are therefore ambassadors for Messiah as though God were making his appeal through us. We beg you on behalf of Messiah, be reconciled to God. He made the one who knew no sin, to become a sin offering on our behalf, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Isn't that beautiful? I love it. Ephesians 4.32, Instead, be kind to one another, compassionate, forgiving each other, just as God and Messiah also forgave you. Well, once we are redeemed and we're reconciled, then we receive something from God. What do we receive, which is number six? When we're close to God, meaning we're reconciled, we receive God's love and his mercy. In Psalm 86, 5, it says, For you, my Lord, are good and ready to forgive and full of mercy to all who call upon you. And in Hebrews 4, 16, Therefore let us draw near to the throne of grace with boldness, so that we may receive the mercy and find grace for help in time of need. Well, think of this. This is Yom Kippur. We, were, we repented. We were reconciled. We are redeemed. And now we receive. So what's left to do? There's Sukkot. And Sukkot is the season of rejoicing, right? So, number seven, we rejoice. We rejoice in the Lord always. Amen? This is a command from Philippians 4.4. But there are plenty of places where it talks about rejoicing. I love Isaiah 61.10. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul will be joyful in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation. He's wrapped me in a robe of righteousness like a bridegroom, wearing a priestly turban like a bride adorning herself with jewels. 
Ah, great. Isn't that wonderful? Okay, and 1 Thessalonians five sixteen through 18. I'm sure you all know this one. Rejoice always, pray constantly, and in everything give thanks. But you know what? People stop at that particular part of the verse, and there's a little more. For this is God's will for you in Messiah Yeshua. So what is his will? To rejoice always. Okay? Pray without ceasing and give thanks, but to rejoice always. So once you've rejoiced, if you are rejoicing, what's the next thing that you want to do? Well, you remember the Lord. You're remembering all the great things that he's done, so you are rejoicing. Isaiah 12, 4 says, In that day you will say, Give thanks to Adonai, praise his name, declare his works to the people so that they remember his exalted name. Deuteronomy 6, 12, Then watch yourself so that you do not forget Adonai, for he brought you out from the land of Egypt, from the house of slavery. And 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three to 25 for I received from the Lord that what I passed on to you, that the Lord Yeshua on that night he was betrayed, took matzah, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in memory of me. In the same way, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in memory of me. We are to remember. So if we've rejoiced and we are remembering the last thing we're going to do, which is connected to Sukkot, it's a harvest festival. So what do we do? We retell about God's love and what we've experienced. Deuteronomy 6 Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength. These words which I'm commanding you today should be in your heart, and so on. We have Psalm 96, 2 and 3. Sing to Adonai, bless his name, proclaim, proclaim, proclaim. Proclaim the good news of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory from among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all people. Psalm 96, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Isaiah 52, 7, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who announces shalom, who brings good news of happiness, who announces salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. Will you say to the Jewish people, the people of Israel, your God reigns? Amen. Okay, and the last one, number 10, is not what we do, but what is the result. Number 10, the last R, is the result of 1 through 9. We are renewed. We are refreshed. We are regenerated. We are restored. And our faith becomes relevant. Amen? So, uh, you know, there are a number of verses. I'll just go with the last one. But feel free to get this from me. Um, just to ask for it, I shall restore you. It says to uh, Joel 2.25, uh, the years of, that the locust, the swarming locust, the canker worm, and the caterpillar have eaten, 
My great army that I sent among you, you will surely eat and be satisfied and praise the name of Adonai, your God, who has dealt wondrously with you. Never again will my people be shamed. Well, that's how you should go through every day this kind of direction in your quiet time. What a great way to do it. This will help your quiet time. Will you ask for it? And, and I'd be happy to email it out to you. Remember, 4 o'clock today, uh, great service. Join us at the park in St. Pete, uh, Stroud Park. We'd love to see you. And uh, let us close with a word of prayer. Father, we just thank you and praise you and worship you, Lord. What an amazing day this is. What an amazing season you have brought us to. We just ask that people truly would be refreshed, revived, and renewed. I pray that all who are listening will grow in their desire to have a heart like the heart of Messiah. I pray this all in the name of Yeshua. Amen. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.